Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Treble, the horror movie podcast, and welcome to the last episode of the year. Yay! Ooh. So, yeah. And what a way to go to talk about Kirk Douglas doing fucking parkour in his underwear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At 61 years of age. Yeah. I mean, that's come on. You know, I, oh, no. I actually believe... I just, I- Oh, sorry, I just realized. I just realized there was something I forgot to talk about last episode. Oh, there's a there's a really bad graphic. Did you guys see in uh, Phantom of the Paradise? There's one scene where he's coming up to a podium, and there's a graphic that's put on the podium afterwards. That's all I had to say. Sorry, that was really <laughs> random, but I just got really mad about it very suddenly. Oh, no, fair. Is like bad Photoshop, but 70s style is really good. <laughs> you watch that movie, watch out for it. That's all. Okay. It's it's funny that in a movie featuring like telekinesis and all this, I find the 61 year old doing parkour less realistic than the telekinesis. Um, <laughs> but uh, with me, as always, is Steven Taylor. And yeah, we're here to talk about The Fury, which. Uh, Came out in 1978. Brian De Palma got dumped a bunch of money after he had some pretty big successes in his career. And uh, he made this movie, which I think has a lot of problems, particularly when you look at, you know, bigger movie, bigger cast, bigger ideas. Not all of it translates, but I also think there's some cool ideas and some cool imagery that makes its way through. Uh, also, John Cassavetes gets blown the fuck up, and it's probably the greatest thing about this movie, hands down. Um, let's see here. I had the freaking notes up here with my synopsis of this movie, which, by the way, the synopsis of this movie is like it's a full paragraph. It's long. When a devious plot separates CIA agent Peter Sanza... From his son, Robin, the distraught father manages to see through the ruse. Uh, taken because of his super or his psychic abilities, Robin is being held by Ben Childress, who is stunning people with supernatural powers in hopes of developing their talents as weapons. Soon, Peter pairs up with Gillian, a teen who has telekinesis, to find and rescue Robin. And, yeah, that's... It's- it's so interesting that that synopsis focuses so much on Robin and and yeah. his relationship with his father. When I feel like the movie so focused on Gillian, or mm-hmm. is it Gillian or Gillian? It's Gillian. Oh, Gillian. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. like the movie really feels like it's about her, and not and like Peter and Robin are kind of side characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does kind of feel that way a lot of times. I. 
it's interesting too because Robin pretty much pieces out for most of the movie. Like he's there yeah. at the beginning and then he shows up near the end. But like, there's a good portion of this movie where Robin doesn't even appear. So it's interesting yeah. that yeah, it focuses on Robin where it's like, where the fuck was Robin this whole movie? He just shows up at the end yeah. to mess some shit up and you know, spoilers, but die. <laughs> Yeah, and there. and it kind of felt like that for a lot of things throughout the movie, where you weren't, there were scenes that they would cut to, and you, I was sometimes not quite sure what was going on, or who that character was, I don't know, it was a little confusing with how they set up some of the psychic scenes, I think. Yeah. This movie's just as big a mess as that synopsis is. <laughs> like, it's just, it, it, this movie is completely messy, uh, it drags so many times it just has so many dull patches in this movie um i mean kirk douglas i, I mean kirk douglas also pieces out for for a good for a good portion of this movie as well and yeah. comes in intermittently um as does john cassavetes like two two of the big two of the big draws box office draws to see this movie uh i mean the difference there is cassavetes looks bored and listless every time he's on screen yeah he definitely, you can tell, didn't uh, quite enjoy making this movie. Although I do like his like one lone black glove. That's such a cool aesthetic. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure this is a listener submitted one, and uh, I gotta say, listener, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get this wrong. <laughs> I think I'm probably I, the more positive out of the three of us on this, yeah. but even then, I still have major issues with this movie. Yeah, I, I I will give it props that it's using John Williams, who I love yeah. as a composer. I mean, obviously, Star, uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. I mean, it's, I think, it's just something about John Williams that feels so iconically um, like a like a cinematic hug almost. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the cool thing about this one is it's John Williams trying to emulate that Bernard Herman Hitchcock movie score again, going back to that uh, that that hold that the Hitchcock has on on uh, De Palma's early filmmaking. What baffles me about this movie, though, is he has a higher budget after the success of Carrie. Mm-hmm. But he he didn't seem to have like like anything else going for him. Like this this is such a haphazardly made movie for being such a higher budget, higher profile film. Mm-hmm. I think too, when it comes to this movie, it's interesting that it it definitely seems like De Palma having to adapt his style for a bigger film, which. It's not that uncommon. He's done that before. He did that with Scarface. He did that with Mission Impossible. So he can take his style and make it work with a larger blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, I think there's some real weird, questionable choices in this. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the theme, at least between these two movies, is characters do things for the plot that don't really make sense for those characters to do. Yeah. Like, like they'll do things just because they're supposed to happen to get to the beats that we need to get to for plot. But sometimes it's just like, well, that character kind of seems like they would just refuse. Like, they would not go to this place. They would not do the thing. You know, it would be a different scenario. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, 
don't know. It's the interesting way maybe that almost sets up the characters who they turn into that is a little disconnected, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do think there's some good parts to this movie. I think in particularly the ending, because the ending just sort of manages <laughs> to be so weird. Uh, with Cassavetes and uh, Jillian in the room and her just <laughs> blowing him up. I rewatched that probably like four or five times because I was just like, oh, this is pretty amazing. But mm. it's also I like- know the the blood effects I thought were kind of cool. There's this there's a point where someone there's blood coming out from under someone's fingernails and that was yeah. so gross. I thought that was yeah. really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the high points of, of the movie and it almost feels like like uh when they when they blow him up at the end and, and we see it like six seven different times from different angles <laughs> that was like that's like the payoff to the entire movie yeah because then it goes right to credits after there's mm-hmm. nothing else that we can do this is this is this is it this is the this is the fireworks at the end and uh we hope you enjoyed the show everybody yeah you know it was, uh, reminded me of uh, the final shot from I think it was Tourist Trap, where she drives <laughs> away with all her mannequin friends. It was oh yeah, out. just like such a weird ass ending. I, I kind of love that for seventies, eighties movies. Like you just get some endings that are, you could tell somebody started doing some drugs and write some shit down to paper, and it's like this doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense. But at least I'll say the Fury's ending makes a little more sense with her having like. Pat been passed on the abilities. Like, I could buy into that a little bit, whereas, uh, yeah, some of those enemies just don't make sense. Um, yeah, so, uh, first time we watched this, I think for both of you, this was probably for the podcast, I think, right? Yeah, yep. it would be last night. It was last yeah, night. actually, the same. We might have watched it at the same time. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I, I mean, to see Daryl Hannah's on screen. Was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. As quick as it is, and I don't even think she has a line at all. I think she's just there. Yeah, I think she literally just passes by. But mm-hmm. um, first time I watched this, this was like a couple years ago. I did a huge De Palma marathon after I watched the De Palma documentary. I just went through, watched all of his movies, and I remember enjoying this movie when I first watched this. I think. Rewatching it, I start to see a few more of the flaws with the movie. Particularly, like, I think there's a lot of time wasted in this movie. Particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, him trying to find Robin. And, like, it, it seems like it's there to sort of give some action and give some moments of, like, laughs. Uh, but it also just seems like a waste everyone's time. Because it's like couldn't he's like some cia officer or something like you think he'd be a little more effective at finding his missing son but well and the the beginning scene makes almost no sense uh like i i don't like everybody's shooting at everybody and like i don't know like it doesn't come together in any kind of cohesive way that you understand what's going on no yeah i i agree it was really confusing because it wasn't until i kind of was like reading TV tropes later on as I usually do with these movies where it was fully explained to me that oh, oh that whole scene was a setup by someone so that they could get Robin like it wasn't like first time going through this movie I thought it was just happenstance that something happened and they were like oh shoot let's grab Robin while this is all going down 
Yeah. But no, it's like that whole thing was a setup, and I don't know. It's the way that information was presented didn't really make it clear. No. Um, yeah, I think the stuff about this I like, though. Like, there is some weird ass lines coming from Kirk Douglas in this movie. Like, I swear he almost went to the Nicolas Cage school of acting on this because he is hamming <laughs> it up in this movie. And. There's times where I was like, this is terrible. And other times where I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty funny. Like, my favorite line in the movie definitely was like a one where I was like, what the fuck? Who says that? (laughs) I liked all of his scenes that he did with, I think the character's name is Mother Knuckles, but I'm not quite sure where he's in the house with the three. That was so great. I loved all of that. Yeah. Okay. On to some questions here or emails. Uh, Donald says, I like this movie more than carrying scanners. Uh, Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Uh, maybe it's Donald Trump. Uh, that would explain a lot. Uh, well. well, sir, I'm sorry you had a stroke. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I wish you well on your recovery. I'm sorry that you've only seen four movies in your lifetime. <laughs> Holy hey. fuck. I just, I can't even... You know, those movies <sighs> had very little bikinis in them, so maybe that had some. That's fair. I, How much I, pubes were you seeing in these bikinis? I'm just, I, <laughs> like, uh, no, I, I can't agree with that at all. I can't even, like, I can't get my brain to the point where I understand no. that even. That's the tough part. I'm like, sometimes I can be like, okay, I can kind of understand. I can't, I just can't. How can you say Carrie is a worse movie than, than The Fury? This is not possible. Anyways, fucking Cassavetes blowing up the end is the best thing ever. That I will agree with. Cassavetes yeah. blowing up mm-hmm. was the best thing ever. I will mm-hmm. hold that dearly until the end of time. Maybe this guy just really, really likes explosions. You know what? I think there's something to that. Scanners. Carrie didn't have any explosions, I don't think. Well, except for I'm the not... car. The end, I think, maybe. Was Did, did a car explode? I'm, the problem is... Yeah. Confused with the remake, where I know a car exploded. I'm pretty sure there was a car that exploded in Carrie. I know there was one on fire for sure. Mm. So maybe there's a thing here. Maybe Donald really loves things blowing up in movies. In which case, if I want to check out a little-known director called Michael Bay, he'll <laughs> <laughs> okay. spin the camera for you too. Yeah. Uh, Tyler says John Williams' score is an underrated gem. Yeah, I agree. For with sure. That. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's arguably it's the best thing about the movie, yeah. uh, besides that last scene. Yeah, it really sort of acts as a great soundtrack to what's going on in the movie. So, no, I had a percent agree with that. Uh, all right, let's get on to awards. Best line uh, I put when you see Childress ask him if it was worth his arm. What happened to his arm, Peter? I killed it with a machine gun. So stupid. <laughs> I fucking love it. Wow. Wow. Um, I, I don't know if I wrote anything down for this movie. I was kind of in and out and not 100% paying attention to the dialogue. So I might just have to agree with that one because remembering that line was really funny. It was. I paused I, the movie to just burst out laughing. I was like, this is so fucking stupid, but also amazing all the same. The, when uh, Susan is talking with Childress about her progress with Robin, 
And he goes, how is he performing in bed? And she goes, Robin wants to please me. That's the main thing, isn't it? He needs more, he needs a rest. No more tests for at least a month. Uh, it's just such a weird line. And it's just like, like, how does he fuck? Does he fuck good? All right, cool. Yeah, that whole relationship that they set up between Robin and, like, his handler, essentially, like, it's so yeah. creepy. Ew. Yeah. I didn't like any of it. Although... I'm gonna be honest, like, there was that whole thing with Biden and his son, they're like, that doesn't look like a healthy father-son thing, and then I saw Kirk Douglas, like, wrestling with his son, and this I was, like, thinking, I wonder if you show this to, like, a Trump supporter, if they'd be like, that's not a healthy father-son. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I think, I think there were some good lines uh, in the scenes with Mother Knuckles, too, just because her character was so jovial and just yeah. fun. But I, I didn't write anything down, so... Um. All right, best performance in this movie. I I didn't write anyone down. I I felt like cool. everyone kind of just always performing this one tone. No one really. Oh, yeah, stood. pretty much. Um. I, I I mean the one that's trying to give it her all is Amy Irving. Yeah. Uh, which uh I kind of worked against her. I don't. I think I briefly told uh, uh, Kurt about this one uh, off of recording here, but uh, Cassavetes like openly mocked uh, uh, Amy Irving every chance he got because she was taking it so seriously. Aww. And she said, uh, he said, like when she was trying to uh, um, figure out, uh, you know, a, a scene, everything. Cassavetti's joke to the entire set that like, you'd think she was playing Joan of Arc. Damn, don't gotta be an asshole. Yeah, well, he was. I mean, like, this is like a jaded John Cassavetti's in the last kind of 10, 15 years of his career. So, yeah, he was a fucking asshole. Yeah. I mean, I definitely gotta give it to Amy Irving then just for that, because, damn, she did a pretty good job under that kind of stress. And she was in the dating phase before she would marry Steven Spielberg at this point. There you go. Are they still married now? Or? No, he, he's married to um, um, uh, Billy from uh, from uh, Temple, uh, Kate Capshaw. Okay. Yeah. I know he's got his daughter now who does porn or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird. Check out her OnlyFans, everybody. <laughs> Where all the real actors and actresses get their start. Uh, <laughs> looking at you, um, shit, the girl that was in Babysitter. Oh, yeah, Bella Thorne, who almost single-handedly destroyed the whole platform for everybody. Yeah. Woo! It's the reason that my OnlyFans is not doing well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's the only reason. Be- Bella Thorne ruined it for you. It's the only reason. Like I said, Taylor... <laughs> Bella Thorne is the only reason it's not doing well. <laughs> I like to think that my OnlyFans would be a lot more popular if it was more than just me dressing my cats up in shirts. So, <laughs> Just nude making garlic rubs for things? <laughs> okay, but honestly, there, there probably is a market for that somewhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Let's- I hope so. I think we might all need new incomes at some point in the future. Yeah. Bella Thorne would have destroyed a platform but she can never take away the audience 
100%. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, best performance. I, I guess maybe I would probably say Kirk Douglas, only because he's hamming it up. And it's not yeah. like a genuinely great performance, but it's like I was probably the most entertained by his stupid lines. So. And he's doing parkour at 61, so let's, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Or if that was actually him, or if that was a stunt double. Who knows? It's gotta be a stunt double, right? He took it to his 104-year-old grave. God darn it. Dig up the grave, ask him yourself. Come on, Kirk, <laughs> we need the answers. What happened? We might be able to ask Michael, I don't know. That's true, that's true. Uh, best kill in the movie. It's gotta be the last scene, right? I don't even think yeah, oh yeah. kills Cast the Eddies. Yeah. Either that or um, death of the car of that one police officer because he looked was... really upset about that. It was so fucked. <laughs> was so fucked. I also think uh, um, um, Carrie Snodgrass's death was like, what? <laughs> yeah. She went through the windshield? What? Yeah, that was pretty... That seemed a little unnecessary, but just <laughs> like, yes. that one shot of him just like looking wistfully off and like oh no and then that was it yeah i'm gonna shoot the fuck out of this guy (laughs) (laughs) no castmage wins by a long shot it's also very rewarding too because the ending of this movie before that is quite like depressing when you think about it like robin's Mm -hmm. dead uh peter's dead pretty much everyone's dead uh, Jillian's got her news powers, but maybe you don't think anything's going to happen with it, and then boom, she blows Casabetti's up, and I'm like, okay. It, to me, and I'm not saying this on a quality level because it's nowhere close to it, but it kind of reminds me of the ending of The Departed, where you're like, this sucks, everything sucks, and you're like, oh, there's a little bit of a glimmer of hope here, so. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I guess it's just her and her psychic powers on her own now, so. Yeah. Maybe uh, now she'll uh, start her own uh, superhero thing. <laughs> I was kind of thinking yeah. about this. Why don't more superhero movies model themselves after the Fury? They really. Here's start. the thing. Here's the thing. The Fury is her superhero name. I've just decided this. <laughs> Fury is not the name of this movie because of um, the plot. It's because she becomes the Fury after this movie happens. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. She personifies the fury. Yeah, she is the fury. Yes. Um, no, I was watching. Like, we need more like '70s style uh, detective movies with some superhero elements in there. Why not? But, I think that would be pretty fun, actually. Yeah. Actually, I was watching some set videos for the new Hawkeye one, and I think maybe that's your chance. Maybe they kind of go a little hardball detective on that one. Maybe. Okay. Dumbest decision in this movie. Peter's death. Ah, Robin, no, no! (laughs) So fucking stupid. I get it. I'm just going to slither off the roof and land on my head. Like, what the fuck was that scene? I could get it. He loves his son, but still, that felt like so totally unnecessary. Um, excuse me, sir. Your son clawed your fucking face. I don't think he loves you anymore. Yeah, he was yeah, ready to not quite kill the same. you. No, like fucking. Oh, 
But no! Oh! You know what I felt like that was? Was Kirk Douglas signing on for this movie under the condition that he had to have a cool death scene at the end. It wasn't cool, though. But no, like, to him it was cool. You know, like, it, I, it read to me like he was like, listen, I'll do this movie, but you gotta kill me off at the end. And then they're like, but Kirk, like, the script doesn't really make sense. And he's like, I'm doing, you either put it in or I don't do it. They're like, okay, fine. You fall off the roof after your son dies. And like, I guess. It's a guess. That's what it read like to me. It just felt like there wasn't any rhyme or reason for it, but it felt like they did it just to maybe, you know, satisfy him to some degree as an actor. I don't know. Maybe. I'm also, were they, were they that high up? I couldn't really tell. Or maybe I'm just not remembering, but it didn't really seem like they were high enough that they were like for sure. I don't know. I felt like maybe it was like two or three stories at the most, like not that high up, but who knows? He was yeah. also 61 doing parkour. Maybe it was pushing true. pushing things a little too far. True, true. Um, I thought it was a pretty dumb idea. Their whole escape plan from uh, I I don't even really know where they were, but it was. Jillian and, oh, I don't even remember the character's name now, the one who gets in the car accident and goes through the windshield. Um, and she looks at her and she's like, run! And then she just runs? And, like, that's their plan? They're just gonna run into a busy street? That doesn't seem like a good idea. But... No. I did like the stylistic choice to, like, kind of slow down that scene a little bit. But it's also, like, <laughs> I was thinking about, like, it's like adding, like, a nice like, a nice wax job to like a shitty car where you're like okay, well i guess <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like nice but like the underlying thing here kind of is like great like cool idea but yeah didn't didn't quite work so not quite not and quite did this subplot with uh charles Durning's character dr mckeever did that get just totally just like shoveled to the side where she I like read his like pass and then she's like don't touch me and then they never went back to that again I think so because I'm having a hard time even remembering what exactly you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When when she's in the psychiatrist's house and they're trying to like keep her there and stuff and then he like grabs her and then she like remembers a whole thing of him abusing a patient. And then they just never go back to that again. Oh yeah, that was kind of confusing cuz that guy almost looked like it was was that supposed to be Robin or was that someone else? I think Yeah, see, I don't I, I don't know, right? I think that was not Robin, but I think it was supposed to be like, oh, these people are evil. You know, like, these mm -hmm. are not good people. Mm -hmm. I think that was right, probably right. the literal only purpose of that scene. <laughs> Other than to confuse me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Um, I think it's time to rate this. And, you know, to Palma Pierce, you better be prepared for a bloodbath. Cause... Yeah. I mean, if they listen to me on the last episode, then they're probably already angry, so. Probably. <laughs> I'm gonna say I think I skated through on the last one okay. Yeah. Seven's fine for that one. Yeah, I'd give this as a seven. I, I think there's some good moments in this, but yeah, definitely a lot of the good gets undercut by a lot of the bad. And uh, I think generally it came out on top for me, but barely. Yeah, I'm gonna rock with a five on this one. I was gonna go four and a half, but I'll give a little bit for that Cassavetes thing. 
but yeah, and 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 I mean uh, the score by uh, John Williams makes the makes the rounds. Um, I'd also say that it was shot by Robert H. Klein, who has done so many big movies in in his career. Um, the Fury might be a forgotten one in there, but uh, I think just before or just after he did Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh, nice. um, so I mean, and he's won two Academy Awards in his career, so uh, he's no slouch. But uh, yeah, behind the scenes, why uh, why is it's okay? Uh, I just otherwise, I just really dislike this movie. Yeah, I think yeah, if you're... I I think ah. Uh... Five, I think, is what I'm going to go with, too. I keep battling between a five and a six because this movie, I don't know, it, like, wasn't coherent, but there were still parts of it that had, like, a good plot or at least a story behind it that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And there were some characters, like, out of nowhere that I liked, like those two cops that he carjacks. Like, I thought that whole sequence was dumb and confusing, but those two characters kind of made it mm-hmm. fun, and I Dennis enjoyed Brown. that. Yeah, um, bronze from NYPD Blue. But yeah, so I think I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with a five for this one. Yeah, yeah. I wish I could go to Psychic Summer Camp like Jillian. You know, that was yeah. that seemed like a fun time. She just got to go hang out in like a mansion for a little bit. I mean, until she almost got kidnapped, but <laughs> that 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 seemed fun, and I want to do that, and I'm I- jealous now. I would say this is probably not like if you've never watched De Palma, this should not be your first watch. Like Definitely this not. is the deeper cut that you go to later on after you've watched his other movies. Cause I think you kind of have to understand what his style is and maybe like kind of see a little bit of what was working there and a lot of what wasn't and maybe just kind of recognize it for that. I, I do think that yeah. This is not top-tier De Palma by any means, but uh, it's probably, like, one of his more more horror-ish movies, I'd say, um, out of all of his movies that he's made. But, yeah, definitely I want to talk about Raising Cain at a certain point, because that movie is probably... I mean, it's a thriller, but I think it veers a little more into horror territory than a lot of his other movies, so it'd be interesting to talk about that at a certain point. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. Uh, I believe that's also my name on uh, Letterbox, which I finally updated with everything. So I guess I, I still have to put uh, Phantom of the Paradise and the Fury on there still, but I generally wait till the episodes out before I do that, and also connect uh, link the episode on there as well. Nice. Uh, my website is steve uh, stebbing.ca, which I put up all of my weekly uh, new release stuff, uh, Blu-ray, VOD, uh, and some uh, some goodies that I discovered. Uh, and then I'm on the shift uh, with Shane Hewitt, who is the new permanent host, and that is Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, social media, mainly. When I post there, my username is at Swissianic. And I have a blog that if I ever do anything else, uh, on the internet especially, I will throw up something there. It's swissianic.home.blog. Nice. And I'm over at 3 You can also find me on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt, and over on Box, Fatal Koala. And that's it. 2020 wrapped up. No, I think 
let me check when we're back. So I, I can't even remember anymore. My life's just a blur. Right, I think I might just like sleep for all of 2021. I think that's what I've decided. Yeah, just like hibernate. <laughs> yeah, just just not exist, and then I'll come back in 2022 refreshed. You know, it's like sometimes you do like something pretty exhausting. You're like, I'm just gonna have a bit of a nap. I feel like 2020 is that like just over the course of the year. Like I just need to nap after 2020. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll so cancel we'll 2021. We'll come back in a year. I think it's best for everybody. Yeah, there we go. Hundred percent. So we're back January tenth. Oh, that's when we record. The episode will post probably like around the thirteenth or so. So, and what are we going to be talking about? That's the good question. Ooh, Colorado space. That oh yes. Oh yay. Yeah, I own that one. And the I'm mist. excited. The the Colorado space and the mist, both great movies. Both dealing with very dangerous sort of misty kind of colorfully things. So there we go. All right. Until next time, everyone. Happy holidays. Bye for now.